Okay, good afternoon everybody. I want to talk about something uh, really important. Uh, we are always talking about the different tools that we have to process our world and how we need to very fi find simplicity, very simply bring different concepts, pretty complex concepts, into our clinical practice to have really specific bedside assessment, to be able to have really good clinical understanding and know how to just quickly observe something and say, what does that mean? What could that be creating as far as behavioral learning, socialization, mental health processing challenges in the kids and adults that I work with? Um, and how do I incorporate this all into practice? Um, so today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and it's for good reason. It's one of the most important topics, which is vision. You know, vision is really what we're all working towards and not just vision like visual acuity like can I see do I need 20 or do I need lenses do I have 2020 vision I'm talking also about visual cognition visual processing uh, my ability to create imagery in my own head head use my mind's eye everything we do as humans, the most efficient way that we process comes from our ability to create vision, to take our input in from our world and create a vision of what it is. You know, the moment of knowing something is the moment you see it in your mind. We expand a lot on this topic in the focus system and how exactly this topic, what does that really even mean when I just said, what does that mean to behavioral learning, socialization challenges, mental health challenges, people with anxiety, even chronic pain, executive function? What does that mean to you as the chiropractor? How to find simplicity in this? And then how to take that and do a functional brain-based exam that incorporates things like primitive reflexes, gross motor, fine motor, auditory verbal, and eye movements, and then of course visual cognitive function. Today I want to teach you just a really simple thing. I sent out an email, and I think it was Robbie um, Freeman, I think that's how you say your last name, um, asked me to do a lesson on this. I sent out an email. For those of you who are, if you're not on our email list, ask to be on our email list and, you know, we'll get you on there. But I sent out an email um, and it was a, it was a study where they talked about central vision and peripheral vision, mostly central vision um, and how uh, a deflection or a deficiency, we'll say, or a deficit in central vision in early life in infants when they saw a deficit there, that was an early sign of neurodevelopmental disorders or autism. Well, that's something we talk about and we bring that from our neurooptometric friends. Um, you know, we look at things like, you know, Dr. Hall talks about and teaches, which is wonderful, that, that head lag, um, you know, in a sit to pull test, head lag is a sign, is an early indicator. Um, of low tone and a correlation with autism and neurodevelopmental disorders later. Well, um, there's a lot of things like this and the way we move our eyes, the way a child moves their eyes or does not move their eyes, and a better way to say that would be a way, the way that we are using our eyes, our visual system, is an early indicator of deflected development and there's a high correlation to behavioral learning and socialization challenges. So we need to be able to understand this from not a, oh, that's a sign of, of this mysterious brain thing, but hey, that's something we should pay attention to when we're working with children, when we're working with families, 
And we should pay attention to these things so that we can educate them on, on why, one, understanding early signs, what does that mean as far as the trajectory of development and how do we encourage healthy development and watch for you know, red flags before they're big fires. We don't wait for a child to exhibit challenges later in life if we know to, to be able to start bringing our clinical tools in to support their efficiency, we have to first know what does typical brain development look like and what are some things that we need to spot that might be indicators of deflected development and then what clinical tools do we bring in and simply communicate and simply use in our practice to be able to maintain as much as possible a typical trajectory of development. So one of those things is looking at the use, the usage of central vision. So like we'll just say to keep it simple, direct eye contact or usage of the central visual field here, which is more of our detailed, um, more of our color, like bright colors, uh, more of that type of vision. And then our peripheral vision um, a broad stroke on this um, would be, and we get this, I've learned this from the neurooptometric fields, we call this our parvocellular system, um, our central visual parvocellular um, system, or our ventral visual stream, our ventral stream in our visual system in our brain. So this is our central vision. It's the more detailed and sampling like this. And then we have our peripheral, which is our magnocellular, right? Our bigger, right, but less detailed, picks up more movement, not as much detail, but the bigger, like a more, a wider visual experience. Now, we know that in a healthy, functioning, typically developing child, an adult, we really want to be able to this is one of our hierarchies that we talk about, teach, and teach you to find the simplicity in having a bedside assessment of this in our live certification series, is we need to be able to toggle efficiently between our central and our peripheral. Toggle between, simultaneously be using these systems. But what we know is that in behavioral learning, socialization challenges, mental health disorders, anxiety, chronic stress, we tend to be collapsed into parvo here, or in the case of um, specific types of learning dis disorders, like particularly autism spectrum disorder, we tend to neglect our central and go more into our peripheral. So we can have a scenario where we're engaging more in our peripheral and we're not engaging much in our central or efficiently and we're not toggling between the two systems well, and that changes the way we engage and connect and learn from our world and then use our visual cognitive function. And we can have the opposite. So the problem here, find the simplicity on this, is that we need to be developing into um, and using these systems efficiently and appropriately together simultaneously. So we know that in newborns, we don't have um, full myelination of the parvocellular ganglion, the, of the ganglion cells. We don't have that. We don't have as much function or usage of the um, functionality or development yet of the, of the central visual field. And so we don't, that's why we don't have the, um, the sharp images, the bright colors, you know, the attention to detail in early life. 
But what happens is about three to six months, we start to be, we start to have that myelination of those fibers and we start to be able to engage in this system in this central visual system and that's when we're starting to bring in this peripheral visual system and central visual system together so the problem is we see that in individuals with neurodeflective disorders later in life that we're not using this system as well so this article was talking about how they were saying um, if we see a deficit or a lack of attentiveness in the central visual system in early life, that can be an early indicator of neurodevelopmental disorders later. Well, that makes sense because we're saying, hey, there's a neglect of this area, which we also know is something that shows up in neurodevelopmental disorders. So we should pay attention to this. Somebody emailed back to the email we sent out and said, is that why my, my general practitioner said, hey, at about three or four months when your child starts to make direct eye contact with you, when, you're, when your newborn starts to make direct eye contact with you, make direct eye contact with them. Try to engage them in this system, in this, in this system. And he, and he said, is that why? And my answer to that would be, that was great advice. Yes, because just because we start to have usage here doesn't mean that a child is going to use this here, particularly if they're subluxated, if they have stressors on board, if they have inflammation on board, because stress can impact efficient growth. Otherwise stated, increased stress can cause inefficient growth. We know that. We know that increased stress in early life in the realms of physical, chemical, emotional has a negative impact on brain development and future outcomes of learning, behavioral, and socialization. And so we also know that this, this, uh, this early defl uh, uh, deflection from central vision based on this article is saying that that could be an early sign of developmental delay, just like the pull to sit test and seeing the head lag. That's an early sign of a motor system being under functioning, under control um, and, and, and lagging. We're seeing a gap there and that's an early sign of this trajectory. We can see a correlation of this trajectory of behavioral learning socialization later. We can't just go, oh, interesting. We need to say, hey, what are some contributors to the adaptation of stress and communication within the body. Subluxation is absolutely. Inflammation is absolutely. Chronic stress is absolutely, but it's not just the chronic stress physically, chemically, and emotionally. It's the changes inside the brain and the body that can lead to the changes. You know, it's the adaptations because of the stress inside the brain and the body that can lead to the alteration in brain development. These are just little breadcrumbs along the way. So if you see a kid that's not attending to central vision at six months old, at eight months old, at nine months old, they cannot make central visual contact here. Not that they have to be here all the time, but they cannot do this and toggle between. That is a problem. We want to improve efficiency of that child's functional systems to help them stay on a healthy trajectory of development, not just wait for something later. Okay, hopefully that helps you have a little more insight into what this system is. We teach a lot more on this and find the simplicity in this. But basically, we need to be using these systems efficiently. We are not born with a fully developed central visual system. It starts to develop, right? And we can start to attend there and we must encourage attention there. That's important. But 
if we're seeing that that's not happening, we need to ask more questions. We need to watch that. We need to make sure we're looking at stressors and, and, and stress responses in the body. That's where the chiropractic comes in. That's where our clinical tools come in. That's where all those pieces come into play that you do, you're the expert in. And we're not just waiting for big fires. We're watching to see little breadcrumbs along the way that we can help support these families and give them information and use our clinical tools to improve the trajectory and expression of life. All right, anybody, uh, we are, our seats are just ticking away at our um, certification series. If anybody wants to find the simplicity in this and have a system of how to implement this stuff in your practice without having to change your practice, but just upgrade your procedures and your process and your clinical thinking and what's going on in here, develop your brain-based lens, be a leader in your community without changing your whole practice, that's for you. We have eight seats left, another one um, down today for our certification series. That gives you instant access to the learning modules, a seat at the live event, or you can take it virtual June 18th and 19th, and the implementation system, and an opportunity to join our Elite Access and offer Brain Blossom program in your office. Let us know if you want that, and you can grab one of those last seats. All right, everybody, be well. Remember, we have to find the simplicity. No more, not do more.